Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Thanks for Your Concern. You're here with Bernice. And Ella. And this week on the podcast, we have our friend Bethany. She's going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. So just about her latest health journey, as well as being plant-based and not drinking, as well as running. And we also touch on some subjects about being biracial women and kind honestly of like life transformations yeah lots of good stuff she had a lot of great insights so i'm really excited to have her on the podcast and for you to hear what she's got to say um you already know that we've been fucking great this week so we're just gonna cut straight into it <laughs> let's go <laughs> So this we have an amazing guest Bethany on today and we're so excited to talk to her about her journey her career And we're just gonna let you introduce yourself Bethany. you want to just talk a little bit about who you are what you're about So my name is Bethany. I did go by Beth for some people in the past, but as a 25 year old I felt Bethany was more mature <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And also, like, I feel like I did go by Beth as kind of like in my past when I was trying to be someone I wasn't. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like I really transitioned in my professional life. And just whenever I meet people now, I'm like, my name's Bethany, you know, and um, I... I was born in Indiana to um, my ginger mom and my black dad as a middle child of three. And then I moved to Texas and I lived there for seven years. And then I lived in Washington from junior high to the end of college. I moved to California right after I graduated. And now I'm in Missouri. Very random. (laughs) You've been everywhere. You're good with change then. Yes, I I thrive off of change. (laughs) Love that. So for everyone that's listening, me and Bethany, we met in college. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we definitely connected over being like biracial and kind of like dealing with what that was like. And do you just want to talk a little bit more about like your experience and I could talk about my experience, maybe specifically like before now and then comparative to now? No, yeah, definitely. And um, I went to like primarily like all white student schools before WSU. So -hmm. for some people, it was like less diverse than their previous experience or more diverse. For me, it was more diverse. Hmm. And I went there, um, before I went there, I went on two scholarship trips there for um, Cougs of Color and um, the African-American scholars. And that's where I like fell in love. This was at first, it wasn't my first choice school. And when I went on those trips, I came back and told my parents, I was like, I'm going here. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I would never take it back. I'm someone who I don't um, like, of course, there are struggles every no matter where you go, you're gonna have struggles in college. And I don't think I could have had a better experience anywhere else. And I'm really happy I went there. But um, when I got there, you know, I was able to like get involved in more in more um, groups that were diverse and like actually get to meet people who, I don't know, like were coming from a background that was either similar to mine or more diverse than mine and people that weren't um, just white people, you know, like yeah. <laughs> people are great too. Not, I'm not saying they're not, um, but it was kind of cool <laughs> to kind of cool to kind of open up, open up my mind and explore the fact that I am and I'm like really proud to be you know, um, a woman of color, you know, so mm-hmm. it was, it was really nice to do that. And of course there were bad times, bad experiences as well, but I can't say it was just because of our university and it may be kind of the university culture in general in our country, but, um, there were times as well that it wasn't as uplifting of an experience right now. Um, looking back at college and now I I'm glad I went through that and I am now 
like more confident in celebrating my differences and um, in like seeking diversity in my life because it really helps me grow as a person instead of being in situations where you're with the same kind of people all the time. Yeah, I think there's sometimes you have to say that it's definitely like a university problem. I definitely identify with that, like where even if I went somewhere different, it might not have been that different of an experience because like this is a, I guess the issues that I dealt with was just people being unaware of how their words hurt people. I just was thinking about this one time where we went to a party and there was just like, it was only white people and it was only like a certain kind of white person and they were like screaming the n-word and I was like, oh, I remember and like... (laughs) It was one of those days where you're not even drunk yet and yeah. you just like walk into this room full of white white people and then they all just scream the n-word and, and I was like um should we leave? No, I literally <laughs> like I know people want to say like da-da, but I low-key kind of felt unsafe like if I'm being honest because yeah. like no one they were screaming it so nonchalantly and like obviously they were singing the words to a song but to me like I don't even see say the N word when I sing to a yeah. song. Like, what the fuck? Like, and so it just made me feel unsafe. But like, I don't think that was like a university problem. I think that that probably happens to a lot of people at a lot of places. Yeah, I feel like I got that in high school too, and in junior high even, and people telling me why I should be okay with it, and mm. you know, like, and I, and it was just hor- I was like, I literally, you know, there's been times when maybe this we've actually heard this in its real context, you know? So like Mm -hmm, it it takes, you know, and you, people using it when they don't understand like the power of it is just like, I just sit there and I'm like, like, I don't even say it. Like, I don't feel comfortable saying, I feel like it's a decision um, for people of color to decide, you know, but like people who have no right to say it, I'm just like, oh, don't do that. that." Yeah. (laughs) That's that's interesting that you feel like people of color, like should choose to decide because I've made a very conscious choice on to not say it unless I'm like, you know, I code switch when I'm around my family or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't want people to look at me and hear me say the N-word and think that because I'm light-skinned that maybe they could say the N-word. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I've also made that choice with comedy where I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to say that because, first of all, I just don't think it's necessary. And second of all, I just know that that world has so much power and I feel like I've been around people who think that the n-word is super normalized and like it's super okay to say just because it's just a word when it's really not Mm. and like i feel like i've made that decision pretty actively and when people ask me about it i I, and i share why i don't say the n-word they're like oh wow like that's pretty powerful and i'm like yeah Yeah. i think some of my friends in college would uh see me as the pc police and i'm really not (laughs) but it was it's more like well you're coming out saying really dumbass like words that you don't understand the impact or meaning to and maybe you feel like Pullman is a safe space because it's predominantly white and you're not gonna have like hurt somebody's feelings with your white friends but actually like you're just normalizing the use of this word and it shouldn't be used like in any context what are you gonna switch your language when you're around like people of color or black people Mm -hmm. like that's also an issue you know yeah I think yeah there's a I've the thing of us being PC police was so interesting because for like I'm a stand-up comedian I say the most wild shit on stage and I can laugh at the most wild jokes but then I'm just like no 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 I'm this isn't PC you're being racist yeah. like <laughs> this is an anti-black word let's, yeah. let's just get there real quick and yeah, we'll, you let's, know? let's cut that no and I feel like too like the thing is you're also coming that it's a little bit different coming um 
from a minority group saying these things and coming from it with a in a form of comedy and mm -hmm. i feel like sometimes there's people who they think they can get away with it with me like when it's just a bunch of white people sitting there and it's not like just the word but they'll say things that are just like it's in their minds is funny but i'm sitting there mm -hmm. i'm like you have no right to joke about this because it's you guys joking about this that makes it so that other people actually believe this and use this like mm -hmm. as microaggressions against people in in real life so it's just yeah yeah calling people out i never feel bad about calling people out i did for a while and then that's another thing that changed in college i was like no like it's okay like i feel i'm like you know what just say it because like i'd rather have the discussion and then to feel like that person is going to go away and think that that was okay <laughs> yeah i totally agree so what have you been up to lately what's what's your career you're a social media star what is going on I would definitely not say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> doing my own little thing. Um, but I, so it was kind of weird, but like when I graduated, moved to California, I got into a career. I, um, I wanted to be doing like a local government um, PR. And then mm -hmm. of course, you know, I was like just trying to get a job. So I didn't have to, um, you know, I would, if I had to, I'd be working at that Costco that was right near where I was living, but I was hoping to get something for what I studied. Um, and what did I ended you study? up. Um, I studied communications. Yeah, like every girl at WSU. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I, it's always so funny to me because like, I, I feel like I can laugh about that because it, it was like every girl in a sorority was in communications and it was not a, personally, I, it was not a hard degree and I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it, I just chose the easy way and I'm okay with that. Like communications is in like every field and mm -hmm. I was kind of like, I don't know exactly what I want to do. So that's, that's good, you know, that's good. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, but I ended up doing influencer marketing. It's not a fun thing. No, it's not. Uh -huh. It's really not. Um, <laughs> I, I interned as that. And then I apparently, even though it was something that was kind of like, this is this is crazy. Like I'd laugh at, it, laugh at it because there's people with these crazy demands. They're like, I want $1,000 to post 30 seconds of this on my story. I'm like, okay. Um, but I <laughs> somehow was good at it apparently. And I like became the manager of the team I started on but I couldn't stay there that long because there wasn't room for growth. And I really, mm -hmm. in my mind, I was like, not only am I not growing, but I'm in a field that if I'm stuck here, like I'm not going to grow at all as a marketer. And I'm going to be, as I'm going to be specialized in influencer marketing. And I mm -hmm, just, just mm -hmm. not what I'm passionate about. I literally can't do any good in the world with that. Mm -hmm. I'm like no good really, unless I was able to get a job with a company that wasn't selling mattresses, which is what I was doing. <laughs> like one of those bed in a box companies. Like yeah. I, it was a great company. I loved it. Met some really great people, but not my passion, you know, opening boxes and a mattress expanding, really not my path, my passion. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting with influencers. Like I swear I've been around influencers and it's so such a trip, like the kind of I guess entitlement that some influencers have based on like likes and follows like it's all fake like it's a fugazi it's a fugazi mm -hmm. it's fairy dust like yeah if no Insta no and it's all like it's literally, yeah there's like ways to do it that's why there's like metrics there's like different strategies it's not like yeah. um, they sit here and they're like because there's a difference there's like celebrities and then there's influencers and there's strategy to build and it's cool because yeah it's a you know you can make it your career but it's just it really showed me that some people like they lose their um their like sense of self almost yeah and and they and the way they talk to like i'm just here trying to give you a free product and negotiate yeah. with you um and i don't need to like you know like people try to steal the mattresses they get them and try to like break the contract and then i'm in trouble because they ran off with a thousand dollar mattress and i'm like i don't 
I don't understand. They come up with crazy <laughs> excuses. They're like, I'm so sorry, but I booked seven people to post on this. And I'm like, that's chill. But like, you know, like we agreed on this. We have a concept. Yeah. So just put it another day. Like we'll make it work. But obviously <laughs> that nuts. wasn't my, wasn't my um, passion. I'm not fulfilled by it. So mm-hmm. when they basically told me there wasn't room for growth there for me to even learn different marketing, they just wanted to like keep putting people under me and just, I was just gonna be mm-hmm. this influencer marketing queen, mm-hmm. which <laughs> You know, if whoever wants to do that, that's great. Um, wasn't for me. So I, I kind of left and started working with someone doing um, marketing consulting for people in the area that I was in, in California. Luckily, like that was going pretty well. And one of my clients wanted me to become her executive assistant. And that was already when I was deciding Santa Barbara, California was not for me. Um, yeah. It was, there was no black people, which was a big thing. <laughs> my dad family there, everyone cared so much about what the newest trend was, um, mm. like Fred and everyone had to drink for everything. Like you're going to the beach, alcohol, like you're going, we're going to watch movies, alcohol or weed or what well, I love weed, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That part's fine. But as someone who I was really trying to like build a healthier relationship mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. alcohol and also friendships that weren't built off of alcohol, because I'd seen that kind of really build uneasy friendships in college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was just like, this isn't for me. And I tried to build my life there without have having that. And it just couldn't happen. And, mm. and it's expensive. So yeah. expensive. Oh my God. That, I don't know why I didn't say that first, but that was like probably the biggest reason. And then suddenly I was looking at places during a pandemic to move. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I like, it was between um, some, some place in Texas and some place in, in, um, in Kansas city. And both of them, I was kind of surprised I was even looking at them, but I chose liberal areas in in, in both of these like red states. And I was kind of mm-hmm. like, why am I telling myself I can't live in a red state? You know, if anything, why not be part of a change in a mm-hmm. in a red state instead of choosing oh, the easy We're way turning out? Turning it blue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm turning it blue, guys. Just, just watch. We'll start a I'll start a little I'll start tracking it like as I've gotten here and, and of course I'll somehow contribute it all to me, you know. Okay. I love that. Well that's um, cool. So you're in Kansas City now. Yeah, yeah. What's I the culture like out there? I haven't gotten to fully explore it yet because it's a pandemic and I'm yeah. taking that pretty seriously. But um, everyone I've met with with my mask, you know, with my hand mm-hmm, sanitizer yeah. has been extremely nice down to earth. And at least in Kansas City, it's been very, very diverse. Um, I feel safe, though. It's a, it's a big city, but it's it's slow pace, which, you know, I was mm. like, you know, yeah, I get that Midwest, you know, it's cool. <laughs> um, there's a river near me, so there's water. You know, I know I can. I don't know. People are always like, there's no water. Like, how do you, you have to be by the ocean. And I'm like, well, maybe if you like to swim, but I don't. So, <laughs> so the water, water is irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. People are like, how can you leave the beach? I get that so much. I'm like, very easily. Like, I'm sorry, but that's not my life. <laughs> I just hated Pullman where we were like so landlocked that it was like. It wasn't just landlocked. It was like, there's no trees. Yeah. It was, yeah like, there's like, no trees. There's like this field. Yeah. You feel like you're like you're like in a movie and you're like in the like this is the only town that actually exists like where am yeah. I? Like, <laughs> so separated yeah it, it's a white space but it can feel real small and yeah. like uh, entrapment yeah. <laughs> like you can't escape yeah like because if you try to run like you're just gonna be lost in a field yeah <laughs> jesus well you were talking about the the santa barbara culture around like drinking i feel like that like leads into like when did you start because for people who are listening, you haven't, you don't drink anymore. 
No. And I, I definitely don't like to say, oh, I'm sober now. Like I, I smoke weed and, and also like, oh, I guess I take edibles. It's not legal here. So, you know, like hopefully they're not listening. On the hush hush. <laughs> it's okay. on the hush hush. But, you know, like I drove here, so I was able to stock up um, on my edibles. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, drinking wise, I just like, I had, if anything, it became like really apparent to me during quarantine. I've had all these epiphanies mm. during quarantine. I've had the most growth I've ever had in my life during quarantine. And I do mm -hmm. say that also, you know, stating that people who haven't, that's totally fine too. I feel like it's whatever can get you through this makes you feel good. But like, for me, it's been the biggest growth I've had in my whole life. And I started off in, um, you know, I'm like living alone in Santa Barbara in a studio and, you know, people, there's all this social media being like, oh, I'm just home, home alone again. You know, people are drinking and I like, I tried drinking alone and I was like, oh, don't like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, it feels wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I, I started to, to see, I had a kind of a negative relationship with alcohol. I was sitting mm -hmm. here and when the things were stressing me out, I felt like I needed to drink. Um, I felt like with my friends that that's what I was supposed to do, that I felt I was telling myself that I'm a better person when I drink. People like me more when I drink. I'm funnier, I'm braver, all this stuff. And I just had this moment, I was like, why am I like allowing alcohol to define like what I think is mm -hmm. the good me? Mm -hmm. What is my good relationships? What are good times in my life? And I just like, uh, I started cutting back, but it's been four months as of um, this week uh, that I've just like cut out completely. I just feel better because I'm I'm deciding to find that happiness from myself, to build relationships mm -hmm. that are built off how we actually get along. Um, health wise, I feel better. And I have like major anxiety issues, which mm -hmm. a lot of people maybe don't know unless they know me really well, but um, it like, you know, it's like stopped me from doing some things in life. And I I've really worked on seeing that there is this relationship with my anxiety and alcohol mm -hmm, that it just mm -hmm. even just one drink the next day I sit I, I'm there and I'm like I'm worthless like um I'm worried yeah. about all these things that mm -hmm. you know or or I have this pit in my stomach that anxiety you feel and you don't know where it's from you're like sitting yeah. here and I'm like I actually feel great like I have a kombucha in my hand and but I don't know why I'm I'm feeling so stressed you know yeah yeah it's definitely the anxiety like that mm -hmm. gets me because you know my I've I've I think everyone that's met me knows I have really bad anxiety and I've been working on it because mm -hmm. being in quarantine, like you're with your, I work at home. So I'm with myself way mm -hmm. more. And like, because my life has slowed down so much, my anxiety has kind of caught up with me, you know, because before quarantine, like I would be getting up, going to work after work, I'd work out. I'd probably go on a Tinder date. Then I'd go to comedy, you know, and I was going, going, going. And I was not, it wasn't that I was less anxious. I just was so busy that I couldn't really like feel it, feel like, it. let yourself really truly feel mm -hmm. the effects of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. dude. And yeah. I think um, it's funny because I feel like a lot of people who went to WSU and during quarantine have been like, I don't know, like, I think I, I'm going to quit drinking. And yeah. a lot of people don't talk about like in college, you're there to have a good time and the drinking culture is like really normalized. But a lot of people do not talk about coming out of that and the horrible relationship that you have with alcohol mm -hmm. because you've been abusing mm -hmm. alcohol for years and it seemed normal and i think like during quarantine i'm in the like i'm a couple steps uh, like yeah. you're a couple steps ahead of me in yeah. my journey but i've been really thinking about like my relationship with alcohol the fact that like every time that we hang out like with our friend group we have to drink or you know just stuff like that where i have to be more mindful like today i'm gonna go hang out i'm not gonna drink i'm just gonna be 
and yeah. how my experiences go because I'm not someone that needs to be drunk to have a good time. But I don't know. There's a culture of drinking that just said like, oh, I gained friends when I was drunk and people like me when I was drunk. And I have all these funny stories from when I was drunk. And so maybe when I'm not drunk, pe- I'm not going to have those experiences with people. Um, so it can be definitely a very challenging step in your life. And yeah. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank I, I you, feel, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the phase that was, like, before you just not drinking at all, where I'm, like, drinking a lot less, looking at... I guess for me, the biggest thing is just being more mindful. Like, I've just been trying to be more mindful in general. And I feel like sometimes, like, I thought... I don't know, like, sometimes I go two, three weeks now without drinking. It's not a big deal. Because I would sometimes... I like wine. And I feel like I was like, oh, like after work, I just have like two glasses of wine or whatever. And then I was thinking, I was like, why? Exactly. (laughs) You know, like, it's like, like, why? It's incorporated into our society. They tell us Mm -hmm. that after work, you should be drinking. Exactly. As a mom, when you get, when your husband picks up the child, you should be taking, you should have be having wine with your girlfriends, you know, like as a college student, that's your time to get really drunk, you know, and then they just keep adding it. As soon as you're 21, like they keep adding for each, whatever phase of life you're in, like, that there should be alcohol. I think it's a, just an amazing marketing plan, but yeah. by, they've gotten in there, like into society, like, and it's the one, it's a drug that we don't question, you know, like in our, yeah. that's just perpetuated all over our media everywhere. Yeah. I think that's another thing is that I was like watching TV and I was like, Jesus Christ, like every show I was watching has like a low key alcoholic in it. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, a I'm normalized walking, alcoholic. Yeah, like, I'm like, God, like, why is everyone drunk? And it's just interesting because it's something that I would say most people go their life not noticing, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a very social norm. It's not something we really think about. The mom one's really interesting because I feel like I'm on TikTok and I'm like, why are all these moms like just getting drunk in their closet <laughs> by themselves you know like i'm just like i can't the, you know i have a whole thing with kids but i'm just like bro if you have to be like drinking vodka alone in your closet to just get by to get by like i'm not sure i want kids yeah, like, we're I concerned. Think, yeah literally like i was like i think this might be a scam like you know i, I also don't think that there everyone needs to stop drinking like yeah. i think it's a personal like i think everyone should take a second and think about it for themselves like for me i wasn't using it the right way and it doesn't give me the benefits of happiness that sometimes it gives other people like all it like immediate it doesn't give me that and I think it's just a personal decision I mm-hmm. I definitely my my roommate drinks like I like I'm like you know do your own thing just really take a take time to reflect on what you actually want to use it for instead of letting it be a band-aid for things um mm-hmm. yeah because like that's just one of the things whether it's food or alcohol or excessive working out or whatever your thing is like you can't you have to stop band-aiding things i think i definitely used it like i started drinking in high school and i just kept drinking and i think one of the things i realized is that i have pretty bad social anxiety and people Me are like too. no you don't and i'm like no 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 i would just drink <laughs> to feel like I didn't have social anxiety and then I'd be a great time but then you take the alcohol away and I'm like (laughs) I was I was literally talking to my cousin about this because I was like you know what like going to bars with my friends was fun kind of but most of the time I just was like fucking so anxious and it's like bro I cannot be at this dirty fucking bar sober (laughs) like I'm sorry like there's my feet stick to the ground you know like and (laughs) 
<laughs> so now no, I'm yeah, like, yeah. and it's really interesting because before quarantine, I was like, I think I'm really done going to bars. Like first we were like, we're done with this area's bars. Now we're only going to hang out these bars because they're like a little nicer. And then I was like, I think I'm done with these bars too. And then quarantine happened. I was like, oh, this was convenient. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I think for me, timing money. wise, yeah. I think yeah. timing wise, it fit for me too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, cool. This works. Like whatever. What other, so you stop drinking and you're also like plant-based and running, you just have a whole like transformation going. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like I feel so, like if I, if Bethany a year ago looked at me now, she would like slap herself rather than run. Like, like <laughs> it's just so funny to me that I enjoy exercising now. Like I literally, it's during quarantine and all this, it's the happiest part of my day is when I get mm. that, when I get that high from like, yeah, I'm strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, and it, it's because I changed my relationship with it. Before I was really trying to like, and I've seen people talk about this and, and they kind of finally put, help me put words to it is my relationship with, um, with like working out and being healthy, wasn't healthy. It was about mm. me wanting to take up less space. You know, mm. it was about me wanting to be what other, what I thought other people would like, you know, and mm -hmm. finally it was for me. Um, I, I went on a trip with my family in 2018 after graduating and I didn't have the energy to do what I wanted to do. And that was like a, a crazy thing to me. I had gained 40 pounds in college, which I, like, you know, people gain weight um, all throughout their life. But for me, I, it didn't matter until I, I was tired and I was moody and because I didn't have the energy to do what I wanted. I, I, I started just seeing what food made me feel good. And I went pescatarian because I felt meat was really making me tired. December of last year, I went vegan because, you know, I wanted to try it and my stomach felt so good. I, I don't have this like lag in my day anymore. And I don't think it's for everyone. I think it's about figuring out what fuels your body what makes you feel good what makes you feel strong and like you're you're helping your body because it's a teamwork thing you know you want to your mind wants to go do these things and your body is trying to keep up you know like so you gotta <laughs> give it what it needs and it, apparently it didn't need oreos every day whatever um <laughs> doesn't mean they don't they're technically vegan so those pop in sometimes you know <laughs> you know i think i go in like um kind of like highs and lows and they all have to do like with my mental health and then in my relation to like exercise and food so um something that i would ask is like how uh have you what have you found to be helpful in keeping like the continuity with working out and eating plant-based like what keeps you motivated to do that i would have to say once again like this goes back to you know getting rid of band-aids it's like what makes me what makes me genuinely happy as a single individual you know not relying on anyone else it's sometimes it's it's just feeling strong within yourself and feeling like what you're eating makes you feel good but and you're not but you're not um like i used to have a little bit of an issue with emotional eating and and mm -hmm. then of course you know with that like sensitive topic you know like having i went through a time in my high school where i you know i thought that i really it was just way too big and i look back and i'm like oh my god you're itty bitty and i just had to and I, and I taught myself to do bad habits to um, kind of cure when I would eat too much. And so I think um, for me, health, the biggest thing when I started this health journey now and, um, and finally the right way, because every time it was like, I need to diet to look like this, I need to do that. It's really just what makes you feel good is like really focusing on, oh my gosh, like I worked out, I felt great. And if I wake up and I don't feel like working out, don't do it. But you know, that feeling that you get when you just feel, 
you just like, I, I accomplished that. It's just, it's just such a great feeling. And whether you just do a few, um, you know, calf raises in your room, you're just like sitting there and like, <laughs> Oh yeah. And you're like, I accomplished that. Checked it off. Like I worked out this week, boom. And then I just started looking forward to it. And it's really about making it personal. Like everyone always, like I, I would watch these videos, like people are like this transformation or like how I got my life. And they're always saying when you make it about yourself, you know, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, I want to weigh less or, Oh, like, I, I don't think I look good this way. It has to be more than that. It has to be kind of, I feel like you have to sit there and be like, I want to feel good as an individual. I want to love myself. I want to do it because I know that I know that what I'm doing is the best that I can do for my body and for my mind. You know, you have to make sure that your mental and physical health is, is agreeing with each other because focusing too much on one or the other, you know, you're never going to be the healthiest physical or mental um, unless you are working on it together I think personally yeah. yeah I don't know if that made any sense <laughs> no that definitely makes sense I am I feel like it's so hard because I really like the gym and the reason I like the gym is because like I'm a very tiny small person but when I'm like pumping out iron I'm like yeah <laughs> I'm so strong and I feel like really powerful and so like kind of switching and doing something different has been good for me you know but it's been hard to keep up I guess because mm-hmm. it's like something that motivated me was just like feeling strong getting a good pump on but now I'm like working out at home going on runs and I definitely have a love-hate relationship with running I feel like I used to love running and then like cross-country kind of like ruined it you know I never loved running but <laughs> in July I was in a really bad just like mental spot and I realized that I wanted to like have a lifestyle change and one of the biggest things is I don't have a lot of discipline like within myself to have continuity and certain like habits that are Mm -hmm. good for me um and I found like running to be one of the things is like well I can't be hungover or drunk to run Mm -hmm. and if I do it every day or like at least three times a day I'm keeping continuity with something I'm doing it for this long I'm scheduling out time like I am practicing something so that I can keep it up and then I can apply that to basically any other thing Mm -hmm. in my life um so it has definitely been a little bit of a struggle mostly when there was smoke it put me off for a while but I'm back on the grind and I think that that's a good way to start teaching yourself like something even though you might not like it at first like now I really enjoy running No, yeah. And I feel like sometimes too, I mean, I can't speak. It's so hard because I'm like, I'm speaking from personal experience and I never want anyone to ever try to, I always try to say, you know, this is from personal experience, figure out what your own, what is this for you? But for me, habits and um, Mm -hmm. building a routine, it helps me with my anxiety. Anxiety, it helps me with my happiness. When I have a routine, like, and some people aren't like this. I'm not spontaneous. I like to plan everything. (laughs) And so I'm not saying go to the extremes that I do, but like actually booking it in my day. Like I wake up cause I'm a crazy person at six in the morning every day. Cause I'm a morning person. I'm just like, yeah, you know, and I, I just like, it's the first thing I do. I work out and I'm like, I'm like, okay, let's do this. I wake up my body and I'm like, I'm like, okay, endorphins are good. Let's start working. Endorphins leave a little bit because I'm on a computer working. I'm like, Ugh, you know, but it's like a great way to start my day so that there's a little bit of a boost. And I feel like everyone, if, if it's either a slight routine or maybe, um, it's like deciding that once a week you do something um, like whatever it is, whatever the spontaneous version of what it is. I feel like sometimes <laughs> uh, I feel like sometimes it's really good to just look at what you're trying to do and fit it into your schedule so that you 
you know, you look, you start to look forward to it. And you also Mm. like, as you build this routine, it becomes easier and easier to fit it in. Yeah. I sometimes feel like a old person because I like have my routine, but I just love my routine. It just makes my day like so peaceful. And then I, uh, people, well, I don't know. People might know this, but like everything that I own has a place, you know what I'm saying? And that really helps with my routine. That's just like every day I know where things are. So it's just like very calm because I feel like in college, I did this thing where literally it, it honestly it was like a scene from the movie when me and Bernice were trying to get to the bus <laughs> so that we could get to class because literally we're like we're we're like where are the mugs yeah. we have no mugs and so I'll make breakfast which was really throwing an egg in the microwave yeah and then <laughs> and then it's like okay and so we're pouring coffee in like fucking mason jars so we have like hot mason jars and we're literally throwing on clothes and running to catch the bus and it's just like you could only do that so many times before you're I'm not joking. I did that like most of college where I was just like running around trying to figure out the fuck I was going to do. And then now I'm like, oh, good morning, Ella. Like, good morning, (laughs) plants. Good morning, Cardi. And it's just so much nicer. You know, when when it's chaotic up here in the brain, it's really nice to have a schedule and a routine that helps you keep like some sort of order in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wanted to ask, so since we've seen this whole shift of identity within you, I also noticed that like you change your hair, you're like now curly and then you try like braid, which I try to get Ella to do all the time. Um, So I guess I just, you mentioned that you kind of changed from being this person that like other people wanted you to be to the, to like being like true to yourself and who you want to be. Um, So I just wanted to ask you a little bit about like that transformation. Curly haired. I've been on my natural curly hair journey for four years um, this New Year's. And I remember I, I was just, I was doing, I remember when I decided I was doing my hair. Um, I was at home. I had gone home for New Year's Eve. I didn't have plans because I, you know, like I was going to spend time with my family, have one glass of champagne and I was doing my hair and I didn't straighten it. I was trying to braid it. And I realized I was like, I really don't know how to handle my curls. And Mm. I sat there and I was like, this is my hair. And like, I don't know how, (laughs) I don't know how to do it unless I make it fit like I know how to make it fit the white standards of beauty you know and I didn't know I didn't know my hair as it truly was and and that was honestly it's so it's it's crazy because it is hair but it was the first step in me of for me really just sitting there and like who am I like who am I like instead of who do I want to be for other people I always thought you know I thought that that was what I that's how I looked um beautiful is when I straightened Mm. my hair um when I dressed how um other people dressed uh when I you know cared I I just was sitting there I was like how what is it that other people want me to be like how should I act like I that was like the first step for that. And I just started wearing my hair in more curly updos. And then eventually I learned how to wear my hair down. And um, I just started, uh, you know, giving it all the nutrients it needed instead of burning it off and frying mm-hmm. it off. Like I was doing, I, I thought I, for, there was this one time I thought I had like used, used a shampoo that like chemically cut it, cut my hair. And it turned out, you know, it was just me over straightening it. Like yeah. it was just, it wouldn't grow past this length. And now, and now when it's straight, it's like right here. Oh, shoulder to like, uh, to <laughs> it's like, like past my boobies. It's past the boobies now. Yeah. Um, the goal is to hit it. You know, I want it. To, I want to have to like pry it out of my butt crack. That's the goal. Um, so. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like, I think it was, it was crazy, but cr- like actually embracing my hair was the first part of me embracing that I didn't know who I was as an individual, only as 
what part I thought I needed to play um, mm. in friendships, in my family, mm. even in my career. You know, I always like I felt like that I knew what role I needed to play and how to make other people comfortable. And I was like, I don't care anymore. I want to be like, who am I? I? I sat there. I was like, I don't know who I am. Like, this is crazy. I am. Yeah. I was like 21 or I was 21, I think. Oh my gosh, I'm so old. Um, <laughs> I was 21 and I didn't know who I was. And of course that's normal, I know, but I was like, I've never thought what makes me happy. I just knew I was like, I need to have a job. You know, I was like, I should straighten my hair. That's how I'll get a guy to like me. Um, I need to be the funny friend because that's where I fit in. I don't need, I try to like calm down the complexities of what I actually thought as an individual, but mm. that was a, it's crazy. It started with hair. I feel weird saying that, but it really, it really did. <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. So on New Year's Eve, two years ago is like my curly hair journey. Cause like, I would say I started wearing it more curly before that, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to straighten my hair for a month. And then I just have straightened it one time in the past two years. And for me, I just feel like I was so much more confident because for a really long time, I always felt, and this probably isn't true, but I felt in my core, like I got more attention when I had straight hair. Like I was more attractive when I had straight hair. I don't think that was true at all. Like I do to a degree because Pullman sucks ass. But and like the standard of beauty there is very like Eurocentric. But like when I went to places like San Francisco with curly hair, I got lots of motherfucking attention. I have no problem getting attention. (laughs) But I think that was my biggest thing is that I was like, for whatever reason, like demeaned myself with curly hair. And I was also just frustrated because as much as people I still believe this having my hair straight is like kind of easier because I like was the kind of person that straightened it once a week and then it was straight for like a fucking week and then I could just wake up and brush my hair like my curls take a little bit more attention but now I like just value that my hair is curly and it's just like who and I it's am so long and yeah it's so so long so much healthier because I literally haven't like I literally haven't fucked with it in two years like I don't know like there's times before college where like I literally had bleached blonde hair with extensions and it was like I like well, thought I was Khloe Kardashian, but then I was like, wait, Khloe Kardashian's white. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> she's not. Like, I don't know I'm why. Not Chloe. Yeah, like I'm not Khloe. <laughs> but um, it's been really cool, and I just feel like I'm really happy with that. The curly hair movement is just getting so much more traction because I was just like a little girl, and I remember just being like, oh, I, I, my mom didn't let me straighten my hair until I was older. And I remember just being like, oh, mom, please let me straighten my hair. Like, everybody who has hair like mine straightens it. And they would tell me, they're like, bitch, you need a perm. Like, your shit is fucking frizzy and a mess. I think that's also because, like, your mom is white. Like, did she ever, like, try to work with your hair the way it's meant to? Well, she did. The thing is, is, okay, like, fun fact, I'm fiercely independent. So I would be like, (laughs) so I was like, fuck you. Like, I don't want you doing my hair. I'm fucking 12. Like, you know, or like. You know what I'm saying? Because my mom, when I was little, she would, like, actually do my hair. And then I was like, no, I don't want you to do my hair. Like, I'm a fucking grown-ass person. I don't know why I thought I was grown at, like, 12. But, (laughs) yeah, so I just didn't know what to do with it. There was just, like, not as many products as there are now. Like, now I can go to Target and find 20 different things for my hair. But, like, before it was, like, literally, like, the section was 6 inches by 6 inches. So I feel like I'm really happy that more people are coming into their identity because I feel like I've grown a lot as a person by just letting my hair grow out of the my head. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I know that sounds crazy, but just no, yeah, yeah. Letting and it my, grow. My white mom didn't know how to do my hair either. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I look back at pictures. My go-to hairstyle when I started doing my own hair, um, I say that in quotations because uh, doing my own hair was putting a bunch of product in it, shoving it back into a, in a bun, and that was like all of my pictures from probably like third grade to seventh grade. I just didn't know what to do with it. And then I started straightening it, frying it off. Funny times. Uh, but I also, I thought, I, I for sure definitely felt like I got more attention in Pullman when I straightened my hair too. But I was actually really reflecting on this. And I I also think that part of it with, and which I also relate to like why I don't drink anymore is that I felt, I was telling myself that this, I felt more confident that way. I felt like that was when I was more mm -hmm. beautiful. I was telling myself, I was like, this is the right, you know, this is when I'm beautiful. And when I couldn't have, didn't have time to straighten my hair or any of that, I would try to hide it. I would, or I would wear it down and I would feel nervous. I'd be like, I'd be nervous mm -hmm. about what people would think of me. And I honestly think I didn't have the same confidence I had when I wore my hair curly. And now it's, it's like the complete opposite. I'm completely, I'm the most myself when I do my hair naturally. And I think before I just, there was something, I was not ex exuding um, the confidence I had. And I was kind of, I wasn't the same person because I, I was ashamed of my own hair. And it's just weird. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a movie, well, Amy Schumer, who I'm not like a huge fan of, but she came out with a film that's I Feel Pretty. And the premise mm. of the film is, that she like literally like bonks her head and thinks that she she in her mind thinks that she's like a gorgeous like supermodel but she's mm -hmm. actually the same person but all these good things start happening to her because she's so confident, confident. and then she you know not to spoiler alert but she figures out it's actually not what she looks like it's how she carries herself in mm -hmm. the world and i feel like that's really true is that like your confidence and how you carry yourself like bad bitch energy bad bitch energy <laughs> and i just feel like when i was you know, I would just be so self-conscious about my hair that it was like definitely I was hindering myself. And then when I kind of fully embraced it, it was like, boom, here we are, world. Yes, I 100% agree. Like it, it brought me so much anxiety before I got to that point. I would I would like not go out if I felt like, you know, I was like, I don't have enough time to do my hair or or I was like, like, you know, it's not straightening the way it's supposed to. Like, I, I'd be like, I, I, I just can't go. And I remember a funny thing. I look back, I think it's funny now, but the thing I was most nervous about for going to college was my roommate being judging me for how it smelled when I straightened my hair because it's not the best smell, you know? No. And I was kind of- <laughs> It literally smells like burnt hair. Yes, yeah. And like, you know, white people, when they straighten their hair, you know, they just barely, they're like, boop, boop. You know, we're like, <laughs> we're like, we're like, you stay down, you know, like, we're like tackling it down there. And it's like, we're, you know, we're smoking up the whole room. I was so nervous. And, and I remember like, I, I actually, you know, I, I told my roommate the first day, I was like, um, so this is like, I was just like, um, this is what makes me nervous. Uh, I've been so nervous to come to college because, you know, I was, I just like, I was like, <laughs> and she's like, bitch, I don't care. <laughs> but, you know, there was people who were less nice who were, you know, in my building. I was in, I was there and someone came onto our floor and was like, oh my God, it smells like burnt hair. Like purposely on loud. And I was like, back okay. off. Like, literally okay. been I literally like, would like, I wasn't as brave though then. I was like, my heart just. I was like, don't come in my room. <laughs> don't don't find that the source was me. <laughs> I was Ella's roommate for most of college. And um, every time that she would straighten her hair, my only beef was like, 
Ella is the person that like you're like we're leaving at 10 <laughs> and Ella will like leave at like 10 30 or 11 and so I'd be like bitch you better like it's seven like you better start straightening your hair now you're like I know how long it takes yeah you're not ready <laughs> literally people would be like it take how long does it take you to do that I was like I don't know like two hours whatever and they're like why and I was like bitch I don't fucking know okay like <laughs> I'm struggling with this. This is just what I've been doing. And the no, I'm like, you have them do our hair. Like, they're sitting here like, yeah. why do you do that? Like, you do my it's hair. It's a you process, tell me. yeah. <laughs> I think the crazy thing is that, like, before I got good at straightening my hair, I looked like a fucking mess. Like, I look at pictures at high school, and I'm like, girl, this is not a look. Like, you should have just gone with curly, you know? Because it's, like, helmet. Like, I look like I'm wearing, like, a fucking wig. Like, it's... Same. Ugh, I... I literally, I feel so pissed about this. It seems so inconsequential now, but my prom photos, I had someone new do my hair and I was like, fuck. And he was like, no, like, he's like, we're going to Beyonce your hair. And I was like, I'd rather just keep it like stick straight. Like, you know? And then he's like, no, 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 I got you. Guess what? He didn't get me. I looked like goddamn like a pageant girl, but like not in a good way, you know? And it was just, and I have all these photos. I was like. It'd be nice to enjoy these photos. No one looked good at prom. Let's be true? real. I I was super disappointed. I was like, I should have done my own makeup. I should have done my I own know, hair. Yeah. That was the first time I wore red, though. I'll tell you now. Like, I was afraid to wear like bright colors in prom. That, that was the one good thing. Was my hair great? No, but I was like, I can wear red. <laughs> you know, we learned. Yeah. And I look at those little pictures you get, and I'm like, oh. And you're like that guy that's standing beside you that is like, you know, maybe you cared about and you're like, oh, so funny. I used to cry about you. But at <laughs> least that was anymore. the first time I rocked a red. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I look good in these. <laughs> well, Beth, thank you so much for just speaking to us and sharing your truth. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I love a good transformation. We all love a good glow up. So thank you so much. We would love to have you on the podcast some other time and I don't know, talk about a different topic or whatever. Um, for everybody, if you want to get to know Beth, she does have a blog. And do you want to plug yourself? Um, well, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Bethfriend underscore because someone is already your best friend. So oh. I had to do the Bethfriend <laughs> underscore. Also, that's the only pun I know for my name. So, like, <laughs> yes. And then um, YouTube, oh, it's Bethfriend. It. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, like, I'm so sorry. Did not get it until you said it out loud. I'm like, oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Got <laughs> yeah, it was just like I, I, I used to use it when I was, uh, I'm not going to lie, it was my first text to guys. I'd be like, oh, it's your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm the best you've ever had, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's but a good also, one. that kind of shows. That's why I've been very single. But it's okay. <laughs> plugs of the week. All right, so my plug of the week is actually going to be a photographer that I found, and his name is Joey Sabaro, and he says that he's interested in the softer side of masculinity, and you can find his Instagram at Joey Sabaro <laughs> Photography, and we'll have the link in bio, but he does really cool um, photos of men in all sides of their masculinity. It's really cool. Go check it out. My plug of the week is Sherry Miller. Uh, she is an author, illustrator, and designer. She um, wrote, she writes like children's books. And one of them is called Don't Touch My Hair. Um, this episode, we do talk about hair, so I thought it was relevant. And she also illustrates black women, basically just like empowering images um, and talking about like, um, I'll put them up, but it's like say yes and sometimes no, just like validation and representation. Um, so uh, check her out. 
And to find all our plugs of the week, you can check out our Instagram or our Twitter. Our Insta- All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening today. We had a great show. <laughs> we, we had a great, great time. time having Bethany on. <laughs> Um, you can find us at in, on Instagram at things number four your concern, and on Twitter at tfyc podcast. <laughs> and then you can find our personal Instagrams. I'm at ll tutor, and I am at Bernice DSM. Uh, for Christmas, we do want you to give us a gift, and the gift is going to Apple Podcasts and rating us five stars. We love that. We we also love a good review. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Have a good one. Ciao. See you next week.